Welcome to Good Mid Morning. I'm your host, Liam Flanagan, a.k.a. DJ Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. Uh, joining me on, whoa, that's, I'm on the wrong script. Wrong script. <laughs> uh, let's see, now I gotta go back to the top. Starting this, uh, yep, alright, here we go. Sorry about that. I was on the uh, Tuesday script. I almost introduced Joey Ficken. Uh, welcome to another Good Morning. Uh, I want to thank all our sponsors, Mike's Body Spray. If you want to smell like Mike, use Mike's Body Spray. Um, also want to thank the sponsor, Mother-in-Law's Family Restaurant, where the food isn't good, but neither is the company. With folks, uh, if you actually want to become a real sponsor, because that's what we're looking for here, is real sponsors, not uh, just made-up stuff, you can send me an email to uh, send it to liam at podland.productions um, and, uh, you know, get on the sponsor. What a show we have for you, folks. It's uh, Front Row Friday, and that means that not only do we have a guest host, but we have a guest host that is also a musical guest. Jenny Logan is widely known around Portland for being one of the founding members, uh, and up until last year, head of board of directors for X-Ray FM. She's also known for her incredible talents as a bass player and a songwriter for her solo project, Deathlist, and her time in the Portland band Summer Cannibals, as well as other mus musical projects. Now you can uh, also find her teaching as a visiting professor from the University of Oregon School of Law and writing articles with Mad in America, a news organization covering science, psychiatry, and social justice. Please welcome to the show, Jenny Logan. Jenny, good mid-morning. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Um, it's like... I'm normally up at this time, but it feels early anyway. It feels it's early to be talking to another person yeah. <laughs> on camera, you know. <laughs> so. uh, I understand. Yeah, and it's been about a year since we, we were just talking. That it's been about a, a year since we we spoke, and I had you on a very short-lived podcast called the Check In, um, and then and then you were also on uh, the podcast My Three Songs, and uh, so I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you for. Uh, for continuing to do these projects that I throw at you. <laughs> I'm a frequent flyer. Yeah. yeah, that's all been in the space of like a year and a half, it seems like. Yeah, it's been crazy. So how has your, uh, how has your pandemic been? I feel like uh, I keep asking people how they're, you know, it's like a summer, it's like, what, what have you been doing during the, you know, summer vacation wrap up, but it's the, a year of pandemic. Yeah, I mean, so like part of my ad attitude about pandemic is like work a ton so that when I can actually do stuff I'll have money mm. <laughs> so that's like kind of part of what I've been doing but also like uh uh I'm in school mm -hmm. which has been really cool for me and really like actually really fun and um I've learned a lot which sounds trite but it's true like my the school I go to is in London but it's all online so like I've been able to connect with people from all over the world in this like kind of learning environment, which has been really cool and kind of eye-opening because it, I feel like especially in Portland, you can get kind of like sucked into this like loop of opinions and viewpoints that's not, doesn't necessarily represent like the rest of the what's world. out there in the world. Yeah, totally. So that's been really cool for me. And it felt like, you know, like I'm in less of like a prison, I yeah. guess. So, what yeah, are you anyway. what are you studying? It's called psychosocial studies, so it's kind of like a mixture of uh, sociology, political theory, like uh, 
critical legal studies, psychology. Um, sorry, that's my dog snoring in the background. I don't know if she's coming through, but I heard she's, also, snore, but... she's also a guest host yeah. today. So, yeah. <clears throat> Awesome. Um, so you're you've been studying, doing uh, doing school and working, and mm -hmm. and also so you're also doing some writing as well or research. Yeah, yeah. So the Madden America stuff, it, I got that gig from doing research. So I'm in this like graduate lab that's run by a woman named Lisa Cosgrove, and she. She does a lot of, she's a psychologist who does a lot of research in um, like financial, like the financial influence on the pharmaceutical industry and also like sort of taking a human rights based approach to mental health as opposed to more of like a uh, pathologizing view of mental health. Mm -hmm. So, but her husband is this journalist who started this website, Mad in America. And I know like a lot of her students ended up writing for them. So I kind of asked, I was like, Hey, is there any, are there any openings in this website? Cause I started to read it and I really liked it and stuff like that. So that's how I got that gig. Nice. But what I do, what I do basically is and what they do uh, uh, most of like the research news is I'm not doing my own experiments or research or anything like that. I'm just writing up articles that kind of fly under the radar of more mainstream, like, and by mainstream, I mean funded by the pharmaceutical industry, kind of websites and publications. So it's kind of like giving a voice to like research without the, com the financial conflict of interest of pharmaceuticals. Aha. Uh -huh. All right. Um, and you can, so you can check those articles out at madinamerica.com i believe uh dot com yeah madinamerica.com slash arthur author slash j logan if you want to check out those articles um did you uh did you happen to see the the flashing lights in the sky last night no what happened well apparently uh, uh <laughs> and i was just told about this this morning from uh, uh a friend and she said that uh, she said she asked if I had seen the flashing lights in the sky. And I said no, but apparently uh, there were the rockets from the Falcon Nine rocket uh, from SpaceX. SpaceX. Uh, no. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> exactly. My my thoughts exactly. Uh, but it was debris from the Falcon Nine rocket, so it was a little light show for the people, you know, as the rich keep shooting shit up into space. I mean, yeah, like every time I think about that, I'm like, how many people are fucking, can I swear on this? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, how many people are fucking starving and we're like shooting rockets into space? It's yeah. just fucking stupid. It doesn't, it baffles me every time as well. And and when people are, you know, get, they, people got excited about that, the Mars thing, the landing the thing on Mars. Mm -hmm. And same, my same thoughts are like, what about Earth? Like, why don't, why, let's fucking <laughs> fix Earth before we go start trashing another place. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody asked me. Um, <laughs> another thing that uh, made it in the news in, in, my, in, in my little news blurbs is that um, Georgia has, has now made it illegal to approach people in a voting line with food or water. I saw that, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, they're really cracking down on um, 
for people voting. They they <laughs> <Like> really <laughs> they just don't they don't want they don't want poor people voting at all. Yeah. It's uh, and it's just it blows my mind that this is possible that that a state can. Uh, I just. I'm just glad I don't live in Georgia, I guess. Or I should move to Georgia. Maybe we should all move to Georgia, you know? And uh, I don't know. Change it, bl make it blue. I don't know. Politics. But uh, uh, yeah, although, like, they, wait, they, we had those big, like, Senate wins, which is awesome. But then it's like the actual state legislature of Georgia is still, I, I imagine, like, super Republican. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. It's an interesting. Uh, juxtaposition i guess <laughs> like it's you know and uh, it's it's going along like it's just it's going along and then we uh, we also watched the uh that part uh first part of the the new uh QAnon documentary last night on hbo oh really is, is that the one on hulu uh no it's on hbo it's called oh. into the storm and <laughs> it's uh you know it's frightening and fascinating it it, uh, it 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 sheds a light on the QAnon people that you know they're just I, well I don't know if it does <laughs> it makes them look like sheep I mean it's uh, they're these uh, these people will believe anything and it's crazy well, here, here's like my interest in QAnon beyond it just being like something that people should know about because it's real i mean because those people are real you know yeah. and that we live among them or they live among us yeah but like so part of what i'm doing so for my grad program i'm writing a dissertation and it's about at least partly about the way that america especially has sort of this like pedophilic culture but also the way that we kind of disavow that. So QAnon is really interesting to me because they're really obsessed with like um, Pizzagate, like mm -hmm. this like democratic child sex ring. And yet they support a president that also oversaw all this child sexual abuse at the border um, and who's friends with Jeff Jeffrey Epstein and yeah. stuff. So it's like this weird, like cognitive, like, like a disavow of like the actual day-to-day -day lives of people that hurt children and then and then projecting onto someone else like this terrible like fuck up violence that's really interesting yeah yeah so maybe i'll, I'll watch that documentary yeah. check it out it's uh yeah and it i mean it really talks a lot about pizzagate and uh and you know you're just watching it and it 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 just blows your mind that that these people um i don't you know everybody's looking for something to believe in you know so you got to hold on to something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, for me, for me, it's not that under, unbelievable that there is like a child sex ring, but to, the, like, to limit it to just Democrats seems really strange to me, right? Because like, what, like, what is going on with fucking Trump and Epstein then? Ex exactly. Right? Like, what, why are they focusing on the Democrats? It's, it's, yeah, when it's happening right in front of their face with the people that they look up to. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It's uh, you know, it, it it has to be some sort of you know, um, where they're deflecting. They're saying no, it can't. This can't. They no, no. It's it's these guys that are doing it, not these guys. You've got it right. all wrong. It's conveniently along partisan lines too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So so cool. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool. It's a lot of fun. Um,
so I don't know what's going to happen with those. Uh, and, and I don't know how to stop it. it do we? I mean, I, I, of course, I think the Internet has a lot to do with with the problem like being it this it i don't think it would be a this big of a thing if it were not for the flames of the internet that just spread so quickly so how do we destroy the internet yeah. is what I'm asking. i mean i think it's easy to blame the internet but it's also like the internet is just filling a void that you know like those those kind of like desires are already there then it's just kind of facilitating their exchange. You think there's people right? who are like, oh man, I really want to become a part of a, a group that believes there's a child sex ring. I mean, not of course not like that, but the void, so they want to belong to something, right? Is that is that what you're saying? Like the void is they want to belong or? I think not, I mean, not only like belonging is a powerful like urge, right? But it's also the wanting to have a story or a narrative that makes, them a good guy and makes their enemies bad do you know what i mean yes i'm fighting a child sex ring yeah that makes me feel good yeah right <laughs> that, that's where yeah that like you remember when trump got asked about QAnon? like he got, like he got asked to comment on them and he was like well i i believe that they're against um uh child abuse and i i support that yeah <laughs> it's like anyway um well, um, you are you you are our guest host, but uh, you are also our musical guest, and I wanted to uh, get to one of the tracks that you brought. You brought four tracks, and you, you know uh, which which one shall we play for us first? Do we want to you know hold on to the unreleased one and make them wait for it? Yeah, let's do that one later. Maybe maybe Night Face Regretter would be a good one to kick it off because it's more upbeat. Perfect. And um, all right, we're going to listen to Night Face Regretter by Deathlist. You're listening to Good Midmorning right here on Podland.Productions. If you want to text us, we have a text line. It's 971-361-9396 if you have any questions for Jenny or just want to say hi. 971-361-9396. Here's Night Face Regretter.
You're listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Podland Productions. I'm Liam Flanagan, aka DJ Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. We're just listening to a track from Deathless Night Face Reg- Regretter. For some reason, I keep wanting to say Regretter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Um, that, so that album came out in 2020 and you didn't get a chance to, to really promote it, did you? No, I didn't because, well, it came out at the end of May, which happened to be the weekend right after George Floyd was killed. Mm. So it's not that I didn't get a, I mean, obviously I couldn't like go out and play shows and stuff, but also it was like. It wasn't on my mind as right. much either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's been not even a year, I guess. Um, but it's also my favorite album that I put out. So it's kind of like bittersweet for me, I guess. That uh, I'm really, really proud of it, and really happy with it. But it feels like um, I never really got to play those songs. I played some live by myself, like on a live stream, but I never got to play them in public. Which yeah, kind of sucks. Uh, are you looking forward to uh, to when when you when you will? Oh, of course. I mean, silly question. Of course, you're looking forward to um, being able to play music live again. But uh, are um, how hard has it been not being able to do that? Like as a musician, I, our 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 Tuesday guest is uh, Joey Ficken, who's a drummer, and mm. our and our uh, Wednesday guest is Jake Silverman, who's a stand up comedian. And mm-hmm. both have discussed that, uh, you know, not being able to be out in front of a crowd has just been a painful experience. How have you found it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the weird outlier and say that I have not found it at all painful. Um, the thing that I really miss is like playing with other people. Mm-hmm. I don't miss playing in front of people. Oh, weirdly. I mean, I'm sure that when I do it again, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I love this, you know? But I ha- I don't, like, sit around being like, I wish people could, like, stare at me while I play the guitar, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and, like, get drunk and have that be their night. I don't know. It's like uh, maybe because maybe I'm more of an introvert or something, but for me, like, and I like playing shows too, but I don't know. There's also something weird and, like, um, transactional about it that I don't like. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So you uh and you, you played in bands uh for years and now you're you've been doing the solo project. How uh you know how do you like that? What is what do you what what do you like about playing uh doing the solo project as opposed to playing in bands or vice versa? Uh what I like is having like complete creative control and that's also what I don't like. So like um i uh what am i trying to say there's sometimes when i write a song and i have like a really specific idea of like how it's supposed to sound and like being doing that within a band has, has been like historically really frustrating for me because everyone else has their own you know feelings and opinions and stuff and and you know in like in retrospect like I think something better comes out when there's more people involved, mm-hmm. but it's also like, I wanted to see what it would be like to just, to just do my own ideas. And now like, I don't know, I, but I never like stopped playing with other people too. So it's, I don't know. 
it hasn't ever been like a truly solo project. I mean, you like, I'm not even recording stuff on my own. So like I'm working with, I work with Victor Nash at Destination Universe, who's also kind of like helps in production. So I guess it's never been like truly just me. Right. But you're writing all the material. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And did you, so during, during the, and I, I, I believe I remember, if I remember correctly, when we talked about a year ago, cause I had, I had, my question I believe was, you know, are you, do you think you're going to be writing a lot of music during the pandemic just because, you know, uh, you'll have nothing, you know, n not nothing else to yeah. do, but you'll have more time. And if I don't think, you, and as far as I remember, you, you weren't, that wasn't something that was big on your mind. Uh, writing yeah you know I'm curious to hear what I actually said because I haven't written a lot of music and like I know people that do like my like Harrison for example from Divers says he's like because he's on unemployment is like working on music like a full-time job basically mm -hmm. and I'm not I've not been doing that at all I feel like um uh you have a what, go ahead what's that no go ahead um, like whatever I was like trying to get out of making music, like now I've been getting out of like writing, um, words, you know, uh -huh. not, not music. And so I feel like I have kind of an outlet for stuff that I'm trying to say, like in what I'm working on, like in a more academic context, but it's also like, I'm, yeah, I'm more of like a social musician, I guess. So I like to, um, I like to play with other people and because that's not happening, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah, um, I mean, I found that uh, kind of like you, just, I mean, just finding something else creative to do uh, yeah. during the pandemic, you know, and, you know, I still, of course, pick up the guitar, play the piano, do all that stuff, practice, whatnot, but uh, as far as writing or doing anything, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot uh, harder for me to, like, get motivated if I like I could go down in the studio and play guitar all, you know, for hours, but to actually record or, you know, write something without having somebody else there is very difficult for me to do because I just, I, I lose motivation, you know? And I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, early on, like even last year, like in May and like the summer, I guess I was working on a new record. And then once I started school, I just stopped. So I have like half a record recorded and I don't know if, I mean, one of the songs that I made, the most complete one, I guess we're going to play today, but uh, I don't even really remember what that like new record sounds like or what it was going to be. So like, I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I like, I can't finish a record unless in like, I kind of know what the message or the, the vibe of it's going to be and I think this year has been such like a purgatory year that it's hard to want to put for me like in my brain anyway like it's been hard to I don't know what my next like statement as an album is going to be if that right makes sense. yeah yeah well, let's check out another track uh let's do um uh oh, yeah tell us about this ribbons the 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 ribbons song um this was a project oh, yeah. with with you and someone else 
Yeah, well, but like before I talk about that, I want to give a shout out to my friend Erica, who just texted me to say that she's listening to the Silver Chair record, Frog Stomp, <laughs> right now, and that it's actually really good. So um, I just wanted to kind of like bring that to your attention. But okay, so Ribbons was, it's the band that I had in when I lived in Brooklyn, or one of the bands that I had. It was the like, uh, it was me and this guy named Sam who now lives in LA and is like a journalist. And he, we both kind of had a background in playing metal, but we were really into at the time, like arty in like pop and like post-punk and stuff. And so he, we both have like, we learned to play our instruments playing metal. So he has a very like kind of blast beat weird metal style. And I like have a very noodly guitar style, but um, anyway, we did the band, like we worked super hard and played a ton. And then I moved to Portland and like broke up the band just as we were kind of like talking to like 4AD about doing a record and like we had like this label interest and stuff and we were like this Brooklyn hot band and I was like I'm retiring I'm like 26 and I don't want to do music anymore I'm going to go and be a lawyer instead because (laughs) like I want to do something like real and important you know yeah (laughs) because I'm like I'm too old to be like playing in a band (laughs) at 26 yeah yeah so that's kind of how it ended and then like we like we spent some time like or more like he spent some time being mad at me for breaking up the band but then like of course we're still friends and stuff and then over over quarantine we just started talking more and talking about how good our band was because like (laughs) you know it was pretty rad like we were both really proud of it um and then then we got to talking about because we had been on this label that just really kind of fucked us over and they didn't distribute our music anywhere like it's not online like we had to do our physical distro to stores and stuff like that, but it, um, that's another story. So anyway, yeah, we were like, well, why don't we just like re-release it, some of it, and put it out online? So we have like a bunch of material, and then we started talking about doing a new writing together, like once we can. Yeah. So anyway, so we thought we'd release this kind of like teaser EP that's up on my Bandcamp of five songs that were like our favorites, sure, some of our favorites. So that's what this is from. Wow. I mean that. There's a lot to unload there. <laughs> a that I that I want to hear your metal stuff, uh, <laughs> and then that so you when you moved to Portland you to become a lawyer, which you did. But how yeah. long be how long did it take before you were back playing music in Portland? Like a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I I moved here in. I did like a final tour, like I moved here and then I flew back to the UK to do a tour. And then I came back to Portland to start school, but there was still like a month or so before I started. And so I started kind of looking on Craigslist for a band, (laughs) which I'd never (laughs) done before. And like, it got me really down on Portland because every ad I saw was just like, we're like four guys, we need that chick bass player or whatever, you know, I was like, fuck this down. But then I found one that was all, it was like, all like uh, female identified people and like that band never really like came to fruition but like I like met some people I liked which was cool yeah so yeah but I didn't start like playing shows honestly till after law school when I kind of realized like um 
uh, for one thing, like the kind of work I want to do, like doesn't really pay you <laughs> like public interest work and like representing like homeless people and stuff. Like you can't really make a living. And then uh, just that legal, all of legal culture is kind of shitty in general. I mean, there's some, a lot of, there's a ton of really awesome lawyers, but like the culture was not, did not feel like it was for me. So I was like looking for somewhere else where I felt like I belonged because right. yeah. Yeah. So that's when I joined Summer Cannibals actually and Spike started touring it then. Cool. Glad I got yeah. that story. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's check out uh, Total Loss by Ribbons. You're listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Podland Productions. Total Loss by Ribbons. You're listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Podland.Productions. Hey, did you know that Podland Productions is now on Patreon? That's right. You can now become a patron of Podland, or as I like to say, a Podlander. Just click on the link on your homepage and become a Podlander today. With your help, we can make Podland a content machine, giving you fun and interesting entertainment all week long. Just go to the homepage and click on Become a Patron. We are here with Jenny Logan, just uh, having a fantastic morning, listening to great music, and uh, having some good old chats. So we were just listening to Ribbons. So 
And once um, once the pandemic is over, or are, do you guys have plans to to release more? Bunch of songs that we could like remaster. Mm -hmm. We also have been kind of working on writing together. So I like I'll send him like a few Bandcamp demos that I wrote, and he'll like like I'll play them to a click, and then he'll try to write drums over them. But I think we kind of just need to be in the same room. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, it kind of too. It kind of also depends on like where I go with school. Like if I keep going like I might like pursue a PhD in which case I would leave Portland so mm. like all that stuff feels kind of up in the air <clears throat> yeah. yeah so as the uh, as the pandemic wears down hopefully um, people are going to be playing live and going out are there any bands uh, I know you you know you don't miss playing out but do you are there any bands that you you are really excited to go see live um, <laughs> I'm asking the tough questions here. You know, I've just seen so many bands. I mean, maybe I'm uh. just grumpy and old, but like, <laughs> I like, I feel like I've exhausted what that kind of scene has to give to me, or what I have to give to it in some ways. Like, I mean, I, it, I've been going to shows since I was. They're 12, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, that's a long ass time. I, hey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. I, you know, I, if somebody were to ask me that question, I wouldn't be able to answer it because, A, I don't, I couldn't, you know, I just don't know of any, there's not a lot of bands at, right now where I'm like, oh, yeah, man, those guys are so good. I'm, I want to see them live. And I, kind of like you, um, I wore, uh, I was worn out on going to see shows a while ago, like, you know, 10 years well, ago. I is, yeah. The thing is, too, in Portland, it's like, it's always the same bands playing. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, there's new bands, and that's cool, and touring bands, and that's great. But, like, uh, like I had a thought, and then it just kind of left me. But, uh, oh, yeah, I was thinking about how, like, you know, there's venues now that are having, like, kind of, like, little shows mm -hmm. where you like the band like the fix and two like the band plays behind a glass screen and like there's like everyone stands six feet apart in the like outdoor space and i'm just like that's not worth it to me yeah. like the, like uh, it like for one thing it doesn't sound that fun and i'm sure it's like really cool to see other people and stuff and maybe i'd feel differently if i actually did it but i'm like why like it's not like yeah i'll go out in public to buy food and stuff like that but the people that are like you know, going to shows or like eating in a bar, like I just I feel like why? Like we're we're almost over, we're almost past it. Why can't you just wait like, a couple more months before you start doing that shit? Like, I don't know. Because it's Sorry, hard. Because it's hard. That's why. Because <laughs> people are like, I need to get out of this house. I need to go somewhere else. You know, it's a risk reward right now for people. Is just like. They just don't give yeah, a fuck. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the risks aren't only to you. It, like, the risks are almost never to the kind of people that go to shows because we have, like, health care and we're mostly white and middle class. Like, the people that are actually really at risk that no one fucking thinks about are, like, everybody else. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Whether they're more vulnerable, like, health-wise or, like, um, money-wise or healthcare-wise, like, those are the people that are being harmed. And it's like when, so when we calculate risk, it's not just for ourselves, you know? Yeah. We're imposing our, like our risk 
I, uh, like chances on other people. I had a rant yesterday on the show about how if you people need to, once they step outside their door, they need to start paying attention to the, to the world around them. And, you know, you can be in your own world if you are actually in your own world, which is your house or wherever you are. That's your own world. Once you step out the door, it's everybody else's world, too. And you need to pay attention and uh, think of others because yeah. it's the only way we're going to get mean, through this. I mean, even in your house, you're not, you know, everything you do is connected to everybody else. And, like, that's part of why the world is so fucked up now. <laughs> like, people don't think about that, you know? No, anyway, sorry. Also, they, also they don't. talking about that. It's fine. No, you I mean you, you know, you can talk about whatever you want. It's uh it's people are terrible. I mean, and they're going to continue to be p- terrible. Um unless I don't know, unless we change something. But Have you seen this stuff about like I don't know if you are on this app next door. But I'm, it's like it's like the 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 white privilege app for yes. Portland. No, like, so I check on it just to see kind of like what's going on and like the like homeowners, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like right now everyone's fucking pissed because I guess someone proposed that we use Portland's parks to make shelters for homeless people and everyone is so mad. Like, it's like, it seems really absurd to me. Well, the, the, the proposal is to use parks and open spaces that are owned by the city and Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you look at the map, uh, most of those areas are in southeast, like the, the, the mass majority of them are in southeast Portland. So the so, yeah, all the uh, and it's like inner southeast. So mm-hmm. it's all the the white people are freaking out and they what they think is that they're that basically they're the city's going to come in and put up a, a bunch of homeless tents in their parks. But mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. mainly like op- open spaces that aren't being used for anything, lots and stuff like that that they want to turn yeah. into. And then also, you know, let them do it. We've got to figure this out somehow. Like we have to find if this is a step to uh, giving these people a better life, then, you know, let's 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 do that and, and stop thinking of ourselves for just a second. Well, it's also this weird cognitive dissonance between like, like I see this this gripe, this continuing gripe, like, why won't the city do anything? But that it's like, guess what? The city owns the parks and they're trying to do something with them. And everyone's like, these are our parks. <laughs> it's like, do you not think that like, maybe like privileged people are gonna have to give something up in order to accommodate people that have been disenfranchised and like kicked out of their homes? Because like, we're part of that balance of resources and power, you know? It's not like, the city is just going to snap their fingers and like give everybody a bunch of money, you know, they're like going to try to, they're going to have to use resources that we think of as public yeah. to deal with a problem that is ours too, you know? Absolutely. Uh, we need, yeah. So I'm all for it. I'm all for uh, using those spaces. I'm, you know, we live right next to Powell uh, around 56 and Powell. And I don't, if you drive up and down Powell, they have those uh, weird parking lots that I've never understood. They're just uh, big empty spaces that nobody ever parks in. But in the last year or so, they've become big homeless camps. And, mm-hmm. you know, every month or so they clear them out and then they, they all, then they all start up again. Um, and, you know, it's, for me, it's, 
it's not like, you know, I'm like, get these people out of here. I'm like saddened when I drive down Powell. Like it's, it's sad because I've lived in this neighborhood for so long. And I used to actually walk to work along that, that same area two years ago. And it, it was nothing like that. And it's just in the last two years, it's just become, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And, uh, and it's just sad. And I wish it would stop. <laughs> what are the answers, Jenny? Yeah, there's this, um, there's this like political theorist called John Rawls that I don't really agree with a lot of what he says, but he has this one like kind of thought experiment for how we're supposed to think about like policies and, and justice is that you're supposed to imagine that you're going to enter the world, but you don't know who you'll be. Like you don't know what social or political position you'll be in or economic position. And from that position of ignorance, try to think through what you think the best laws would be. And I think in this case, it's like, try, try to imagine that you actually don't have a house and then tell me like what you think the, the city should do, you know? Mm -hmm. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, almost like, uh, I feel like there's just like a big, massive failure of uh, like compassion going on. <laughs> but there is. Um, and it has, I think it's just been going on for uh, a long time. I think that for some reason we've just keep getting dehumanized and, uh, uh, you know, it, we're all so focused on our own world and what we're doing. And we're just, we've just lost focus on, on what actually matters in the, in the, in the world around us, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what capitalism wants from us. Yes. <laughs> Yay for capitalism. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's listen to another track so so we get off this fun subject. Uh, let's. Uh, do you want to? How about uh, sad high? Is that? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a long and slow song, so um, it's up to you if you want to play it. But it's like it's my favorite song on the record, and uh, I'm really happy with that. It, but it's kind of a bummer. Well, um, it, I, that's perfect. You know, great. <laughs> we, we've already bummed out the audience. Let's just keep it going. Cool. <laughs> this is Sad High by Deathlist. You're listening to Good Mid Morning right here on Podland Productions.
was Sad High by Death List off the album. You won't be here for long. You're listening to Good Mid-Morning right here on Podland Productions. Check out what's going on in, uh, in Podland. We have some great podcasts happening and some more on the way. Check out Fiddle Me This with host JT Trawick and look out for new episodes of My Three Songs coming out April 20th. Also, don't forget to check out our DJ page featuring DJ B.A. and his show Strictly Off the Records and my show, the way we get by with DJ Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. It's all here on Podland, and while you're there, click on that Become a Patron button and become a Podlander today. Jenny, uh, you uh, you talked about earlier uh, themes of albums and how you have a, you know a, an album that you don't know where it's going. What was, uh, what was the theme of You Won't Be Here for Long? Or what's this, you know, is there a story behind that album? Yeah, it's weird because it's been so long since I made it, and like so much, so much shit has happened since I made it that I haven't. It's hard to get back in that headspace. But um, I uh, was doing a lot of psychedelics, um, and I, well, I was just thinking a lot about um, death, I guess, and like finality, and um, how. Uh, I don't know, precariousness mm-hmm. of life and not just life, but even like anything that you think is like um, really heavy or permanent or, you know, a theme in your life or something that it's all sort of just uh, fleeting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how that, that attitude can also can be very liberating, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, uh, are no longer at X-Ray FM, and neither am I. I'm no oh, longer. Oh, weird. Yeah. I, uh, I left in uh, a little after October, I think. Um, okay. Um, it was, uh, you know, the, uh, the Jefferson Smith stuff was going on, and I decided that I, it was, I don't know. I couldn't handle it anymore. I never, you know, can I be honest with you? I'm going to be honest with you, Jenny. As far as a community, and I'm using the air quotes, community goes, I never felt like X-Ray was a great community. You know, I never felt like a part of, I never felt accepted or, you know, I, it felt like I was just, I would do my show. People were like, yeah, good show, whatever. And then, uh, yeah. you know, and of course, at the beginning, I did a lot of, of, of work and still just never got that uh you I, that I never feeling. that belong I belong here never got it yeah because I didn't I met you first when you were like a producer for Jefferson's show right yeah yes I was okay. doing x yeah, in okay. the morning and uh yeah <clears throat> it's so interesting that you say that because I was there obviously since the beginning and for so long but I also like more, like more in the beginning, I felt like I belonged to a community, but as it went on, I felt more and more alienated mm-hmm. and it was, and I don't want to put it all the blame on one person, but <clears throat> it was Jefferson that discouraged me from being involved in like the day to day of the station and sort of siloed the board into um, just being the board. Whereas when we'd started, like everyone on the board was working cause we had no money. And so like there, we were DJing and like in the office and like, you know, have, have like making it a community space. 
But um, I think what, you know, like in hindsight, obviously one of the things that really went wrong was that the board's only view on what was happening in the station became Jeff. Right. Because he had sort of siloed us all out and just kind of used us as like sources of money and fundraising, which is like very, you know, kind of anti-communitarian to me. Yeah. So, and, but then that's, you know, I don't, it, it's, it, it's interesting because I'm so curious, like what things are like now, because honestly, since I left in September, I just kind of said like, fuck that shit. I don't want, I just don't want to talk to anyone about it at mm-hmm. all, you know, but I hope, like, I do hope that something that people are, are finding a sense of community or belonging and like are, cause it's a, an incredible tool of communication, obviously in potential tool for community so but it was just being run as like a corporate business seems like and being mis misrun obviously because people weren't getting paid and stuff so that's my yeah feelings Uh, on that and for me it was you know i i did i worked with jefferson and uh did the morning show and i i got him pretty quick i figured out okay this guy he's you know he's an he's an alpha dog he you know he's he's gonna that that's the way he talks he's gonna talk to you know people like that and in my you know but i'm i'm a i'm a i'm the same age as him i'm i'm a a white dude and so it he didn't he didn't ever really you know he didn't really ever bother me that much except see Every time I start to say that, every time I say he never really bothered me that much, I then think about the times where I quit projects because I was like, I can't deal with this guy. Yeah. And yeah. like, like the studio in in the the record or the the new studio, uh, I helped build that. Like, I, that, I was that was actually supposed to be my first project, like a big project. And yeah. uh, the more I started working with Jefferson and and other people, they just kind of pushed me out, like edged me out of the project until I was like, okay. And I literally walked, like we were, we were discussing plans for something and they just kind of, they literally like uh, pushed me out of the way. And I just turned around and walked out of the room and I was, and just sent a text. Like I'm, I'm not working on this project anymore. Um, and so that, yeah, anytime I start to say, well, it wasn't that bad. I realized that there were times where I was like, this is ridiculous. And my wife was also like, you're doing all this work and you're not getting paid. What's going on? And I yeah, thought, yeah. I, I thought it was like a learning experience. I'm doing, this is a learning experience. I'm learning stuff. But mm-hmm. hindsight. Yeah. I mean, I think Jefferson has a view of what community means that is mobilizing a group of people to achieve the ends of him. Whereas a lot of the people that came in were thinking like, we are going to come to a like consensus that represents all of us. Like and mobilized to achieve that, right? But Jefferson always had his own plan. I mean, he, you know, he, he wanted to be the mayor of Portland, and then he became like the executive of X-Ray, which is I don't know. Yeah, it's you know he came became the mayor of X-Ray, basically. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, power. You know, it's a it's it's a hard thing to want to give up. Um, I'm just glad I'm not one of those people that really seeks a lot of power. Because it, it looks rough, these poor guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
so let's see. You uh, we're coming we're coming close to the end of the show, so I do want to say that you can um, you can find Deathless on Bandcamp at deathless.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can follow Jenny on Instagram and Facebook under at Deathlist, and you can find her articles um, at Made in. Um, that is, I kept doing that. <laughs> Mad <laughs> in America dot com slash author slash J Logan. It has been a pleasure having you on the show as per usual, and I hope you uh, you keep coming back when I when I reach out to you. Um, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's uh, quickly introduce this last song. This is this is the unreleased track, Tearing Up. Yeah, so who knows, who knows if I'll ever uh, release it, but uh, I really like it, and I don't know what to do with it, so here you go. There you go. That is the introduction to Tearing Up by Deathless. You've, you're listening to Good Mid Morning. We will be back next Tuesday with our co-host, Joey Ficken, and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Tearing up in my hand. Tearing up, tearing up. Tearing up in my hand. Tearing up, tearing up. I found the ocean in my reflection. I found the ocean. It's my reflection.